The delineation between Web 2 and Web 3 isn't always clear. Some Web 2 companies are serving Web 3 use cases, and there are other situations where Web 2 company might incorporate the core Web 3 tenet of decentralization into how they build their product or business. In this podcast episode, I explored these gray areas with Matthias Klenk, co-founder and CTO at Passbase. We discussed what does it mean for Passbase to be a Web 2.5 company? What does it mean for them to advocate for identity verification in Web3, a world historically known for anonymity? And how do they make money? And are they paid in US dollars or tokens? I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did and feel free to reach out to me with any thoughts. Let's dive in. Matias, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm psyched to talk with you about all things Web3 and especially how B2B relates to Web3 because there are a lot of people, I think who are listening to this, that are in the Web2 B2B world trying to understand how their careers might evolve in the Web3 direction. I think you can be educational in that area. So to start, can you tell us how you got into Web3 in the first place? I drank the Kool-Aid, I think, in uh, when it was, was like 2015, 2016 timeframe was pretty much also shortly actually where, before I went to Stanford. And then when I was at Stanford, it was like mind blowing and like everything was about blockchain and crypto and web or like now web three, like now everyone called it. Back then already, I was like very excited about just like general, the possibility that cryptocurrency had at that time. And, and let's be real. I mean, back then there was not really like a use case. So it's like literally just like nerd money on the internet where you can um, like send Bitcoin from A to B. I mean, Ethereum then started to be a thing, but this was like before we saw all these like use cases that smart contracts nowadays enabled. So like pre-NFTs, pre-ICOs, like ICO was the 2017 like peak. And I kind of like already saw like back then already the potential and just like really was diving into it, went down the rabbit hole, like always uh, everyone phrases it. Soon after then I graduated, started my first job. I was building like a crypto wallet with one of my best friends, which was called Coinance. And this was like somewhat the project that later then evolved into Passbase, the company that I'm doing now, where we do um, digital identity verification. Very boring in the Web2 world. But again, I think whereas we basically come from the Web3 world, go back to the Web2, and I'm shifting it now back to Web2.5, basically, where we are looking into how can we adapt some of these concepts and mental models from Web3, and also basically just like collaborate work with lots of Web3 clients, and how can we again be a little bit more of like the, the Web3 company that we maybe should have been or like want to be again. That's somewhat our mine and, and our story. Well, it's a great start. And I'd love at some point in this conversation to get more into what Web 2.5 means, since I think there are actually a number of companies that identify more as midway between Web 2 and Web 3. But to start out and give more context, I'd love to talk a little bit more about what inspired you to build Passbase and especially exactly what problem were you looking to solve when you started it? For that, you basically have to understand like this crypto wallet that we built prior to that, Coinance, we started as like a portfolio tracker. So you could like pretty much what like CoinMarketCap is doing or then Portfolio or Delta, like some of those companies. You could like somewhat have like your portfolio and just like check the prices. You could connect your different crypto exchanges and accounts. And we at some point in time then built a feature where you can like 
connect all these crypto exchanges and do like some arbitrage trading between them. And this is when we then really discovered like how cumbersome and annoying it is to proof your identity to all these crypto exchanges. I mean, everyone has probably done it at some point in time. This now where you like sign up for a bank account or a crypto exchange, and then you need to like take the selfie and a picture of the ID document. And from like a developer standpoint, this was just like so annoying to do. And all these old vendors were doing it. It was like slow and it was just like very annoying. And like we looked at more from the lens of, hey, where's here this like Twilio or Stripe approach where you like just get your API keys integrated and you're done in like a few hours versus this was like when we built it, this was like weeks when it took. I think this was then like somewhat the starting ground where we said, hey, let's not build this crypto app anymore. Like we should rather focus on solving identity, not only for like Web3 and crypto companies, but actually for financial services and like many others, because we really saw that as the world becomes more and more digital in the future, we will have to do this over and over again, not only like once or twice a year, but probably like five times or maybe even more. And in the future, and like in the metaverse, which wasn't like a thing at that time, like nobody refers to, but proving your identity and proving somewhat that you're real is like touching almost like any business transaction, specifically when it comes to money laundering, everything that is somewhat regulated or where you need to like, from like a trust and safety standpoint, should rather check like if you're dealing with like a real person in the real world. And I think those things all combined really motivated us to try to fix and solve identity verification online and then pivot into that. And yeah, that was a little bit more than three years ago. Super interesting. Diving a little bit more, do you do identity verification only for individuals or do you also do it for companies? For that, you basically have to understand this process of for individuals is also referred sometimes to KYC. So like know your customer process. In a business context, this is more like KYP, like know your business. To this state, we like solely focus on the individuals. So we just like do this on like an end consumer basis. There are companies that just like even like focus their whole company on like the know your business aspect. Also, the know your business aspect is, is like a little bit more hairy and, and difficult because as you can imagine, the whole world has different like registries and different company structures. Some are more open accessible, some are less. And like, it's still like sometimes in like a very like manual process, how to check and find out who are the beneficial owners for a company. And then as you can imagine, there can be a company that is owned by a company that is owned by a company that is sitting somewhere in the Caymans. And like then finding out basically this thing is just not very easy versus for us, the starting point was literally like computer vision. I took the Stanford class as well as taking pictures of an ID document, which is also like computer vision, OCR, check character recognition, then comparing those things. So this is, we focus on this part. This is where we get at. And the KYB part will probably at some point in time partner up with like an integration. But right now still the whole world of KYC is unsolved and so challenging. So right now we're still like in this world. Now, is there a B2B Web2 company that you're competing with in this area? And if not, is there a Web2 analog that you would identify with? Yeah, this is basically the market is fairly crowded. So nowadays, so in the US, for example, there's the, the old company, what we now already refer to as like the old companies and players that started maybe 10 years ago. I like the Junios is basically one of the big US companies called like a more modern approach to that this persona from San Francisco also have been doing a great job, raised lots of money. 
And in Europe, we have like Onfido or like ID Now from Germany. So they're like in total, like nowadays, or like up to like 10 companies, really like what I would say that we are somewhat competing with. We on the other side really try to focus on like a small niche nowadays and also like in terms of product roadmap, more dive into this Web3 world. So we're now like thinking about more Web3 focused features like I just told you like KYB, KYC, there's now this thing called KYT, which is like know your transaction in like the web three world, like very relevant. So companies like Chain Analysis or Ellipsis really became big with that. So we're thinking about offering partnerships or product offerings like with them and just really try to provide value to our web three clients as like a holistic kind of like identity verification company that just helps them in staying compliant and following basically regulation in verifying their users. Because like in the end, this is what all these crypto companies haven't been doing in the past. And just in the last few years, we really started to do and to realize like, oh, we actually need to comply and follow the regulations. Otherwise, they technically contribute to like money laundering. Now, I know at the start of our conversation, you said you're kind of like a web 2.5 company. I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. For example, you've made it clear that you're serving Web3 use cases. I'm wondering, to what degree is your product itself a Web3 product? Things that I'm basically like spending lots of time right now is thinking about how can we adapt lots of these mental models and ways to how Web3 companies work and bring that basically to the boring Web2 world, like how I sometimes refer to. And this basically paired with the trend that Passbase is betting on is basically that decentralized identity and particularly like user-owned digital identity will be a thing in the next years to come. And so projects that I'm basically spending my time on right now is thinking through how can we enable end users that like are running through our verification flow that we can enable them to like claim and store their own digital identity on their end. So things that I'm looking into is basically in particular in relation to Web3, how can a user somewhat write an on-chain proof via their crypto wallet that they have actually completed a verification and the next time when they connect their wallet to any decentralized app, how can this decentralized app somewhat access and see that this user has actually completed a KYC verification to stay compliant. And here, public blockchains are like super interesting for me. So we have like a prototype, for example, with Ethereum. I'm looking into NFTs. Is it possible if a user completed a verification that we airdrop them an NFT to their wallet that this user has somewhat like a passport NFT, whatever we will call it then, that is so bound it also can be transferred. The next time they again connect their wallet we see this user has somewhat like his digital ID NFT and say like, hey, I'm good. Like, uh, you don't have to verify my identity again. So this is like more the way how I try to like push product roadmap vision of the company, like from maybe like Web 2 to Web 2 point something to Web 2.5, even though it's an illusion that we will ever land in like a Web 3 world because we're operating in like a highly um, regulated space and blockchains are not known for being good places to store PII in general. Like you should not store social security number or like a document number of your passport on like a public blockchain. But again, like you can store cryptographic proof, which is somewhat like encrypted and hashed, then somewhat try to tie this back to like a very centralized 
old web two world in the database where this data is sitting and then somewhat try to tie the knots together between those companies that they access. Unfortunately, that's centralized information, but they can somewhat um, access it. And so just like simply through like verifying signatures and math in that sense, proof that this has happened by, and the user has signed this and, and all these things. So this is like somewhat, I hope I was a little bit clear how I somewhat like try to move the ship from Web 2 to Web 2.5. I want to generalize what you shared for Web 2 companies in general. What do you think are the reasons why Web 2 companies should embrace certain Web 3 principles? I think that what we're currently seeing here in the last few years is basically a movement that somewhat has been started and this wave is coming. And I think lots of these Web 2 companies should now suddenly realize that privacy, data ownership, like even things like NFTs, they are a thing and they're probably here to stay. And if you as like a Web 2 company are not embracing it, you will have like inherently like a disadvantage versus your competitors. The future of like social networks will be built around NFTs. They will be built around creators. Creators will have tokens. Creators will be incentivized to get their community behind those because this is a way how you can get basically fans to support you and your fans are like benefiting from that. Companies are using airdrops for like rewarding early users. There's all these like mental models and concepts. They're like, at this moment, they're like a very niche thing in the web free world, but they will all soon basically like swap over to like everyone. And then suddenly at some point in time, we, we, we will probably at some point in time, not refer to them anymore as like web three. This is just like the thing. Like if you are a company, you want to reward your early users. How do you do it? Okay. Just through an airdrop. And the biggest hinderer from this like explosive growth is still like this, this UI problem that right now it's like still so cumbersome and difficult for how do you create wallets for your user and like all these things then like still like very digital native people only use crypto web three, even though we're like, we did great strides in the last two years. But I think as this becomes more and more normal and everyone has a crypto wallet or crypto address, these things become also like easier, like same way, like everyone has like an email nowadays. And nobody questions anymore, like, why you should have an email. So I think in really like five, 10 years, probably everyone has like a crypto wallet, either tied to their bank account or their email address or their phone number or whatsoever. But at that point in time, it won't be anymore like a thing where you just like say like, well, you just get an NFT or just like enter your phone number or something like that. And then you can claim it. I'm saying is basically once we have solved this adaption problem, so many things are just quite natural to us. And at that time, all these use cases that we are still early adopters now will become like the default and the standard for like what we refer today and now also like to the Web2 world. So I hope I made the point clear, but like all these things that are right now, these like funny gimmicks for nerds, like getting a board aid or whatever, like this will be normal like in like five to 10 years. And um, we see this already nowadays by like large social networks, like Twitter is basically embracing NFTs as profile pictures. Instagram publicly shared already that they will will also work on NFT integrations. And like all these things will just like become more natural and, and normal at some point in time. I want to talk about how concepts that 
certain go-to-market people in the Web 2 world might have to embrace if they were moving into the Web 3 world? And then on the other hand, what might be similar to what they're currently experiencing? Using your company as a test case, I'd love to learn more about your go-to-market in terms of who are your target customers? What kind of pricing model do you have? What does revenue look like? And you know, are there certain people that you're hiring or already employing to go to market? One role that hasn't been too common and popular in the web two world, it does actually, if you're like talking to very like developer tools, was like this role of like a community manager or like a developer relations manager. All these web free companies, if you think about, they have like a discord, they have like people only dedicated to keep the community engaged and get them somewhat to support their product because they understand the only chance of like succeeding is if users adopt their crypto or their token or whatever their project is for building on top of their platform. And I think that this is like somewhat like a go-to-market strategy that hasn't really been there like five to 10 years ago. It, it, like, I mean, yes, like Twilio really successfully has proven that GitHub also, they had like these evangelists and these somewhat community managers, but like, I think really like Web3 made that mainstream or like, let's see, like that's not mainstream, but like, like made that popular. And I think that this is something that we'll probably see in the future also more and more companies still like, I mean, think about it. Stripe has been doing a fantastic job at that and winning the hearts and minds of all the developers. This is the reason why like Stripe is doing so well because all the developers loved integrating them and using their product. So from like a B2B go-to-market strategy, this is something incredibly valuable. Like we can see this in a past space that if we make our integration very easy with like a strong technical documentation, with dedicated technical support, with like videos, like almost like everything like this, like what a community manager would be doing and helping our developers, we will make more business because like more clients will integrate us. And this is in the end, like how we make money. Nevertheless, we make like a very boring web two world still like on like a per month per verification. So we don't have like a token that somewhat incentivizes it to like tokenomics or something. But in the end, like our go-to market is to get as many companies to integrate our software as we can. And I think adapting this go-to market model a little bit like from the web free world to get like people excited about our product, build lots of integrations, give them great technical support if they have questions. It's just like helping in the end our business. Can you talk a little bit more about how you charge and make revenue? We basically have different plans where depending on like how many verifications you're doing per month. So we have like a platform access fee, which is just like for accessing the product per month. And then on a per verification basis, you would pay us between almost like $2 or like $1.50 around. And then this basically adds up. So if you run like a thousand verifications, we're going to make this amount of money you have to pay. And if you make more verifications, you have to pay more. So we like somewhat usage-based and are growing with our clients. Do you ever accept payment in terms of a non-US dollar token? Yes. We have done it in the past. We had clients who paid us crypto. <laughs> we actually also like the first or like even the only company in that space that accepts it. I think we even like launched a press release on that. that like we're the only ones at that time. I don't know if our competitor now accept crypto as well, but yes, we have been paid in Ethereum and in Bitcoin. <laughs> and I imagine Brett, well, the fact that there are more companies that are doing this like you is probably giving rise to these treasury management products that we're seeing on the market. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's going to be a big thing. This is a, a market to fill. 
by the way, that there needs to be somewhat like a custodian crypto bank that partners with all companies that offers them uh, to store their crypto or whatever in the future. Let's say I'm a candidate who is currently working in the Web 2 world, but I want to get into the Web 3 world. What tips should I keep in mind for how to go about finding my new job? There are like lots of great conferences and events nowadays that you can go to. So I've been, I've been a few weeks ago to East Denver, which is like a fantastic event. I've been to NFTLA. I think just last week there was in Miami a big conference. So I think I really encourage everyone who's still working in Web 2 and is interested to like, like kind of like break into like Web 3, just like go to these conferences, get to know those people and somewhat like embrace it. I think if you do like not yet own any crypto, it's probably like worth at least like looking into that. Um, no financial advice here, of course, but like um, you should definitely like um, at least get yourself into it. How do I buy, buy an NFT? How can I buy a Bitcoin and all of these things? And then like try to get to know the industry, how it works. Because I think if there's one thing that like, unfortunately the Web3 world still is like doing is they like, they're like, it's like very tribal, you know, like we have our own lingo, like all these things and acronyms like GM for good morning or like all these things, which doesn't make it like very inviting for outsiders who are not in it. So a lot of people, I think the first time if you read some of these tweets, you're just like, what the hell is this person like writing on me? So I think in that way, I encourage everyone to just try to understand what those, those people say, talk to them and get to know them. And I think then quite naturally, there are like opportunities to come. And nowadays, so many companies are working on, on cool Web3 projects. So I think there are plenty of opportunities and roles open. Any roles that you're recruiting for that you'd like to broadcast on this podcast? We do currently recruit for this developer and community manager. So <laughs> like that's definitely something. Right now, I'm that. Basically, I'm the, the, the evangelist and the community manager. But yeah, we're like definitely recruiting for that role. And besides that, we're always open for good uh, engineering talent and also like uh, in our business development team, open roles as far as I know, and marketing as well. Matthias, this was a super educational conversation. Thank you so much for having it with me and look forward to continuing the conversation as you grow your business. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was fun. <laughs>